Fort Worth. And welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. If you're new here, the Freedom Review exists to inform and educate the Fort Worth and Tarrant County community about the values and the functions of civic engagement, the goings-on of the local city council, the mayor, and the county commissioner's court, as well as important news stories from our community and from the greater Texas community, including state political issues. My name is Anthony Sosa, and today with me, we have Christopher Rose and myself to start us off, and then Thomas Moore will join us a, a bit later to discuss the 2021 City Council candidates for Fort Worth. Uh, we're going to go through all eight districts and discuss who is announced and then run down any available information that we could find about them and provide it for you guys. All the resources used for today's episode will be provided below in the show notes. As always, please subscribe and sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues. We are currently a volunteer organization. If you would like to get involved or want to contact us, you can reach us at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at fwreview. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. If you wish to support us and this podcast, please go to justicereformleague.org and click the donate button. Anyway, um, so starting with District 4, um, we only have one candidate in District 4 as of now. Uh, still time for more people to sign up, but right now it's just Tara Wilson. Um, you can check out her campaign website at votetarawilson.com. Um, she, I'm, I'm a big fan of her. Um, so what I, what I learned is she, uh, she grew up in poverty, um, in Waco, um, as a, and as a caretaker to her younger siblings, um, she's part of a big extended Hispanic family, um, and makes a big point about, uh, uh, she believes BIPOC representation in local government matters. Um, she's the mother of three, an ER nurse of over nine years. Um, and last year, like last summer, she traveled to Chicago, um, to assist Latinx, specifically Spanish speaking, uh, communities fighting COVID. Um, right. which I thought all of that was just a really cool personal background. Yeah. Um, she's also been engaged in social justice issues since 2016, um, and she works with the criminal justice team at United Fort Worth. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's definitely, you know, sounds like someone that we need. Um, one of her big points is that it's hard to engage with City Hall and it shouldn't be. Um, she says we need more accessibility and transparency to work toward a, a people-governed city. Um, since we're the one paying the bills, we should be able to make more decisions. Um, she's got an emphasis on investing in all communities equitably. Um, she wants to focus on responsible spending and oversight of the budget. Um, she's got a values tab on her website, oh, nice. um, with a write-in box, which I just thought that that was worth 
mentioning. Um, it's titled What Matters to You Most. Nice. So she's already, she's only just running and she's already taken input, which I, I think is dope. Yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. We, we want our reps, you know, to be, or our city, our council members to be taking, you know, the word from the people reaching out, like what, it, what tell me what you need, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, she was endorsed by Vance Keys, um, nice. who ran for sheriff um, in November. And also Austin's progressive councilwoman, Vanessa Fuentes, if you know about her. I did not before I, this, okay. but I think, uh, I think the name that was a note. That's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and she also does a uh, Facebook Live every Tuesday at 1230, um, where she answers questions from uh, the community and stuff. Um, awesome. It's called Tea Time with Tara. Very cute. <laughs> that is cute. Um, yeah. And so I thought that was really cool, too. Like, just all, the engagement that we've already seen with the community, like, before the, before the like, sign-up window is even closed, like, is really promising. And I would absolutely vote for her if I could. Nice. See, where is District 4? I want to check the map real quick because I'm trying to think. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, That's, like, northeast, like, kind of near Halton City, north of 30. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it, kind of, the districts are all weird, so it's hard to, like, explain them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. But, yeah, it kind of, like, goes, like, around Halton City and, like, the northeast parts Little that L -L are part of Fort Worth, technically. <laughs> but there are also some weird blank spots in there. Yep. Yeah, we got an interesting thing going on here for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what's your next uh, district, I guess? Yeah, so so she's the only one for District 4. Um, so District 5 is currently Gina Bivens, um, mm -hmm. and she is running for re-election. Um, she's held this city council seat since 2013. So hopefully, if you live in District 5, you, you know a little bit about her, and you kind of have seen what she's about. Um, but it's also super reasonable if you haven't, because like I, until this past year, like I didn't really know what my council person was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, she runs a diverse talent agency. Um, <laughs> that's just a little personal All background. Right. Um, Interesting. and then as far as her, her work with the city, um, she's focused a lot on transportation and public works. Uh, to revitalize roads. She did uh, some main arteries recently, like Rosedale um, and okay. a few others. Um, and her next focus, she says, will be neighborhood streets. Um, she is focused on commercial development and new housing construction um, and claims a big part of rezoning Stop 6 to allow for more residential construction. Um, so, mm -hmm. so District 5 is... Um, southeast fort worth like yeah stop six and and all around there yeah it's like kind of straddles 820 a little bit like on the eastern side closer to arlington and then a little bit of that western part too yeah um, snuggled up against district eight which we'll get to later yeah um she said when when she put out her um, like I'm running again statement. She said, I will continue to stand with communities when developers want to change zoning that does not enhance the quality of life for nearby residents. All so right. there's that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she also claimed um, starting a transit oriented development project that will bring rail and retail options to Fort Worth's east side. Okay. 
um yeah so that's that's kind of what she's about i couldn't find a whole lot more like i had to kind of pick and find that from various places on her website um because she doesn't have very clear stances probably because she's been here since 2013 yeah um so she's maybe not trying super hard anymore yeah her record speaks for itself but no one knows what that record is unless they're really into local politics which is why we want you guys to be involved we want more people to know what's going on and, and have a say yeah and like all of those things that like i said she claimed is just because like she just said that she wasn't like this thing i did it like she was like i did that don't worry but she didn't really show what had actually been done and how much of it was by her so like i can't speak to any of that yeah i have i have a little bit of that on some of my candidates too i was like i want to know more about this yeah Is, is there anyone running against her Yes, um, we've got three people in this category. Um, oh, wow. So I'm going to do, let's see, Ricky Vasquez next. Um, he, oh, by the way, you can you can check out GinaBivens.com. Uh, and that's Gina with a Y. Nice. If you're interested in seeing more about her. Um, so then we've got Ricky Vasquez at RickyVasquezForCityCouncilDistrict5.com. And um, he is the chairman of the Stop 6 neighborhood, uh, served in the Marine Corps. Um, He is an advocate for the mental and emotional well-being of our youth through various developmental programs. Um, He believes in keeping the local in local business, reinforcing the economic growth of the community, Um, which I thought was cool because some of the candidates for various uh, positions um like they talked about you know bringing in outside companies um and he he put an emphasis on like supporting the businesses that we already have and and supporting like local businesses starting as well um and let's see he stands oh yeah here (laughs) here's my note uh he stands for the people building and developing their own community while aiding in the derailing of gentrification in our neighborhoods and making sure there are affordable housing options good he says education is one of his top priorities um and he has a very fleshed out plans tab on his website i recommend checking it out um it's got things like a community first hiring hiring agreement, which would establish a minimum of thirty five percent local hiring for city funded projects. Nice. Which kind of blew my mind that we didn't already have something like that. Like thirty five percent doesn't sound very high. Um, as well as career training, a reentry job development program, and expungement workshops. Um, he had stuff like uh, grant funded neighborhood and infrastructure improvements such as repaved streets, additional street lighting, accessible sidewalks, and incorporation of bike lanes. Nice. As well as better and more accessible parks and neighborhood restoration. And he goes into detail more about that on the website as well. Very cool. Yeah. Um, He emphasized community transparency. Um, He wants to have roundtable discussions, town hall meetings, uh, quarterly newsletters, um civics training um there was something about like uh like a a workshop to to inspire uh like leaders in fort worth to or people in fort worth to step up and like learn how to take a leadership position in their communities um and he also wants a reestablished citizens oversight committee there we go 
That's yeah. good. Um, and I think that's just generally over the over the city, like because we don't yeah. have one of those anymore. Yeah. We used to, and then our current city council voted it out. So yeah, I that, believe that guy sounds uh sounds great based on all the stuff. Yeah, specifics. He's he also um, he has a focus on uh, public safety advisory commission. Um, as well as gang intervention programs, and he wants more farmer farmers markets and healthy food campaigns, as well as increased organized sports. So he's just all around looking out for us. There you go. Yeah, I can't vote for him either, but I would if there I could. Yeah, and District I five. yeah, I will be telling as many people as I can about him too. Um, but we do have one more running for District Five. All right. This is Bob Willoughby. Uh, you can check out his website at uh, fortworthdistrict5.com. Uh, well, FW District 5. All right. Yeah, um, all the links will be provided below, as always. Yes. <laughs> and so when I, I found his web, website first when I was looking for Gina Bivens, um, because you kind of have to search for like the fact that it's his website. Um, but he does kind of throw some shade at her on there. <laughs> so her name was mentioned a few times, um, huh. which is how I first found the website. And then later when I looked up him, that came up again. And I was like, oh, this is his website. Got oh, it. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of, um, it is a very interesting website. Yes. Okay. That's not something you hear very often <laughs> about campaign websites. Yeah, I don't know if it's a campaign website. Um, okay. It's got some weird information about, like, stuff that Gina Bivens has done. Um, he he notes her relationship with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, um, who endorsed her after she voted to renew the city's $300,000 contract with them. Hmm. They, they sent out, um, you know, campaign flyers in the mail. Um, for all the candidates that voted to okay. renew that contract. Okay. And so he's quite critical of that. Um, he's got a... Um, there, right on the, like, on the front page, it says candidates in the parks Saturdays at 2 p.m. And then it's got like a list of parks with dates. So I'm not sure exactly what is going on at candidates in the parks, but it okay. sounds like community involvement. Okay. So that sounds promising. Um, he says that he wants transparency in neighborhood changes. Um, okay. It's specifying like sometimes when construction is going on, like there's not a sign saying what the construction is. And so people don't know what's changing in their neighborhood. Um, All right. He had a tab on schools. That was a little bit different. Um, it was like schools, and then it was like, this is how they're rated. And then it was like a photograph of a screen with a map on it um, with like, you know, a bunch of like the little place stamp. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't really tell what the photos were for. Um, but then he said something like, the Ten Commandments are everywhere but where we need them. And then he just listed the Ten Commandments under that. So okay. I can't really vouch for what he's trying to say there, but seemingly he wants more Christianity in schools. 
Okay. That's um, uh Yeah. That's disappointing to hear. It was a <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a confusing page and a bit of a, a disappointing takeaway. But I might be wrong about that. I don't know. Check it out for yourself um, if you're interested. Um, let's see. He he had a couple points that he wants to change about the city um, that were like very specific. Like he wants to mandate a longer time between citations issued for the same violation. Um, he wants to mandate a notice of violation with a 30-day period to address the issue um, specifically for nuisance abatement complaints. Because right now you don't have to, like, give them a notice of violation before you, um, before you uh, give a citation. Okay. Um, and then he wants to change the permit requirements for building a porch or deck. Oh my Because he thinks that they're bad. <laughs> okay, those are very specific. Uh, I know, I know. It was like three very specific things. Um, he also makes a point about uh, wanting to pay certain city employees less um, over time, not docking pay, but rehiring at a lower rate. Because that's um, going to get people to do a applicable. better job. Um, specifically for people that make like over 100000 a year. Um, the spreadsheets he had on there were from when Thomas Higgins was city manager. Um, which I'm not sure when that was, but he has it down for, he was making $230,000 a year. Um, and he, he was saying that he would like that to be dropped. Okay. Um, and then one more weird thing, he wants to update recycling rules to allow us to recycle more things. Um, and he wants to build a sorting center east of downtown, like over by the Salvation Army where homeless people can work in exchange for Salvation Army vouchers for, like, food and board, which, like, I get I mean, that's, that he probably yeah. thought that that was a good thing. <laughs> and yeah. he's probably thinking of that, like, positively. But that sounds pretty questionable to me. Yeah. And I would definitely have more questions about that. I mean, thumbs I up for him. wanting to help the, the local homeless population. Cause there's a lot we need to do about that. There's a lot more we could be doing. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's the right, way to go but, about it though. Like, <laughs> but paying them with vouchers and not like money that they earned and like vouchers specifically for Salvation Army, which I know has a lot of criticism. Yeah. Um, I mean, people should work with for their handling of, of houseless people like i i don't know it, it rubbed me a little bit weird no if people are going to work they should be paid for their labor whatever that is in in cash in currency and in, in money not in some yeah that's like some next door slavery type stuff like and I, yeah i don't know man. it was really weird just give people money anyway man. sorry yeah no no absolutely sorry i keep interrupting no 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 but yeah that's bob willoughby i i Took longer than I should have to go over him because no. what it's, we got to talk but, about those like things. it was so weird that like I had to go over all of this. Um, yeah, he's very much a like running for the not like attention like in in like a negative way, but like you know running to get like his points across. Mm -hmm. 
even on his website, I think he was like, he was like, if we can get 20% of the vote or whatever. And I think he got like 4% something Okay. last election cycle where he ran against Gina Bivens. So yeah, that's something I want to talk about here in a little bit is like what percentage of how many people are actually voting in these elections and how dismal it is and how few people it would take to be able to make a difference on that front yeah. because these, these vote counts are terrible. But sorry, go. <laughs> Do you is that? Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's District Five. So we got Gina Bivens, Ricky Vasquez, and Bob Willoughby. So District Six is located on the south side of South, yeah, South Central, Southwest Fort Worth. It's like the west side of Thirty Five, kind of all the way what appears to look like down close to Hewlin. Uh, it's the whole Edgecliff Village area, that whole like south of 20, east of 35 sector. Um, and we've got two candidates, is it two? Yeah, I got two candidates in this one. We've got an incumbent and we've got a, a newcomer. Uh, Jungus Jordan is the incumbent for this district. And the newcomer is Dr. Jared Williams, who I'm very excited about. Um, but, but first, before I talk about him, I just want to talk about the, how many people are voting in these things. So the Fort Worth population is estimated for this year to be 942,323, like a little over 900, almost a million. Um, we've got eight districts plus the mayoral district, but that's, you know, we've only got eight districts divided among the city. I don't know the proportion if every district has roughly the same population or not. I'm just kind of assuming that for some math sake. And so if each district is, you know, that our population divided by eight is uh, 117,790 people per district. So ideally, you'd like to see a good percentage of that, you know, maybe close to the national level, 40 or 50 percent or something on the, on the you know, presidential elections. Um, if the pop, if our districts are, you know, proportional and. For this district, we had 6,620 people vote in the last election, which is about 5%, 5.5% of the people that could potentially live in this district. So, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, Jungus Jordan won this election with 3,600 votes. And he beat out Daryl Davis, and he beat out our buddy Rod Smith. Daryl got 2,300 votes, and Rod got 612. And so, with a total of 6,600 votes, so if a thousand more people come out this next election or 2000 more people, I mean, you could swing an entire election uh, at these local elections if people actually showed up for these things. They happen in May and a lot of people aren't even aware that these elections are going on. So that's why we're trying to talk about all this stuff. So, OK, anyways, I'll get to Jungus in a minute. I want to talk to you guys about Jared Williams. So he was raised. Um, yeah. Sorry, real quick before we start this. Uh, do you want to let Thomas on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he, he has popped up. Awesome. Well, what I want I want to hit and hit the recording button, but I can edit out whatever we need to edit in or out or whatever. Um, just wanted to give you a heads up. What uh, yep. what district? Uh, do you want to start talking about your district now? And I'll get it. I just started District Six. I kind of ran over like population numbers. Um, so uh, yeah, we can, we you can do two and two and three, right? Is that what it is? 
Yeah, I think I had two and three. Yeah, I did. Well, okay. I hope I have two and three because that's what was listed and that's what I got. Okay. And then I actually had like notes this time. Yay. Oh, look at all of us. Yay. <laughs> so you want me to go ahead and start? Yeah, sure. If you want. Yeah. Whenever you're ready, man. All right, guys. Uh, <clears throat> so I had District 2, two and 3 of Fort Worth. Um, for District 2, it looks like Carlos Flores is running uh, for re-election. Uh, fun fact, uh, when he ran, I think it was either, I think it was last time, uh, or the time before that, it, it went to a runoff. And it ended up being one of the most expensive elections in Fort Worth. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. He's pretty middle of the road. Um, I, so the thing about the city council candidates is it's supposed to be nonpartisan, but obviously they're, they're either Republican or Democrat. Yeah. Um, I think he's a moderate Democrat. I don't know. Um, okay. Because, you know, they don't put the little DRR next to the name. Ju- yeah. Judging by how he's voted, I'd say he's if he's a Democrat, he's more on the conservative side. Um, he's more like a moderate to me. Uh, you know, he did take money from the POA. Um, he does uh, chair this thing called the North, North Side uh, Neighborhood Association, but I haven't seen any posts from, on their Facebook except for one from like January of 2017, so I'm not really sure um, Just I'm not really sure yeah. how recent that is. I know they had a meet, meeting a while back. I haven't seen any any posts from that, though. Okay. Yeah, just another thing to put on the resume. Yeah. Maybe, it, yeah. All right. You know, he seems to be, you know, from what I've seen, really more focused on economic development. So I guess he's more of a Republican now that, that I think about it, because that's like his... Their bread and butter, like stimulate the economy, lower yeah. property taxes, which they kind of need to do because it's getting a little ridiculous. But they're also like trying to get more rich people instead of like trying to elevate people people in lower mm-hmm. income areas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another man named Theodore Graves, a business owner. Um, I really cannot find much on this candidate. I found a LinkedIn profile from a Theodore Gray in Fort Worth that might be him. Like this is this is my problem with local candidates, yeah. some of them, is like they'll take the money and they'll file, right? And then do like nothing else. Like Yep. That's yeah. even less than the people people who are just like they'll file, they'll post about it once on Facebook and then just be like, oh well. Like I feel like if on voting they they just legitimately forgot they did that. Yeah, I don't know. That's then, that's a trend we've been seeing for sure. It's frustrating. We're, we want yeah. to know about these people. Yeah. yeah. And like I get like it's still within the filing window, like technically. So like I get it a little bit, but like I feel like once you've announced your run and like signed up and everything, then like you should have info out about yourself. Yeah, you should have something to say. But I guess yeah. we'll check back in after the 12th, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, now the next person I'm really excited about, she's running a district, district two as well. Her name is Je- Jennifer Sardue. I, I'm, I know I'm saying it wrong. I do not know how to pronounce this queen's last name, and it, I, I feel really bad because she is... A U-Y is difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
first thing I like about it, she actually signed the no cash from cops dot uh, org pledge, so she's not taking police association awesome. money. Awesome. Um, Yay. She is the community director. Uh, I'm sorry, communications manager for national harm reduction. So what they do is like, uh, if you're like a drug addict, um, they try to get you like uh, clean needles, and they try to make sure you're doing it, you know, ethically because. Because what they found out is, you know, that a lot of users will, will share needles and that, that spreads HIV and AIDS mm-hmm. and stuff. But they also found out that uh, users who use clean needles more often, besides having, you know, less of a risk of STI, they're actually more likely to quit, more likely to recover, you know. Interesting. Um, yeah, we're, we're one of the few states that don't have, you know, like safe, safe injection sites and that sort of thing. So that, that's good that they're. Yeah. Well, like we 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 went a step further, I think, because I think there's some stuff about so so safe injection sites we actually like outlawed. I'm just like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, it's the opposite approach. <laughs> You're just criminalizing yeah. criminalizing people for for an addiction. So. Yeah, she's also the co-founder of something called the Rebirth Equity Alliance, which is really great. Her her whole uh her whole uh campaign message. Her whole platform is, you know, community policing for safer communities, but also like, you know, doing things to help the homeless, doing things to help, you know, people of color, that sort of thing. Um, she's this strong, independent uh, person of color. I think her pronouns are they and she. Um, she's got three kids, but she's also queer, which I think would be good because we need more representation. 100%. In Fort Worth, I think if she she did that, it would force people to kind of like have to work with her, and then they had to see her as like a person. Yeah, and then they'd be like, "Oh, okay, I can't." Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, I'm going to her page right now, uh, and I'll share the link so awesome. we have it for the website. Cool. But uh, she actually has a website. Number one, number two, she's she's been been talking about running since at least december of 2020 probably earlier so she's taking this seriously um i like some of her fundraising habits like she uh she went and uh had like an among us thing uh last friday but i would have joined if i had known about this a la aoc that's awesome yeah yeah i'm about it you know Maybe she gets big enough to get Hassan Piker on there too. <laughs> well, we could do it. We could host your stream. I mean, gotta have other others. Yeah. We haven't done a stream yet, but we got a Twitch, so we can we can do that. I'm about it, man. I oh. think she'd like it. Maybe we, we could start bringing people in there because I feel like if we message her, she she'd actually talk to us. Let's do that. Yeah, I'll I'll get it set up. Like we yeah. don't have anything posted or anything yeah. up, but yeah, I'll I'll get that running. Yeah. Yeah, I so feel like I we, in... we definitely need someone like her more than Carlos. I only care about what affects me personally, Flores. <laughs> it's a personal opinion, but it's very strong. <laughs> I uh, I had him triggered because uh, I spoke against the reach and confer agreement. The meet and confer? Um, meet and confer. Um, I don't know where I'm getting reached from it, but... Uh, <laughs> I spoke against it, and one of the things I did was I talked about how, like, they're getting all these, all the people voting on this are actually, besides 
uh, Brian Bird, who I just couldn't confirm at the time, mm-hmm. figured out what happened, was uh, were people who had gotten you know political contributions from the Fort Worth POA to the point that most of them that they were their biggest donor. Uh, Flores took over 40k, so he got pretty upset. And we're talking about he's literally just like everyone already knew this information, and I'm like, you know, they didn't. Hmm. Like most people don't know how to go onto the site and get it because like yeah. they'll, they'll they'll put it out publicly because I think they have to, but they'll put it in a spot that's really not like the most public thing ever. You know, they're not yeah. gonna be like, oh, yeah, how, it how you get to this? They're gonna, they're gonna put it on some obscure link on the website, mm-hmm. and you have to dig. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have time to do that. No, I didn't know that. No. Um. So, anyways, uh. Miss Suarte, Jennifer Suarte. I know I'm saying that wrong. I feel bad. Uh, if I was in District 2, that would be who I'm voting for. In District 3, we have uh, my friend Tanya Carter. Uh, she didn't post a lot about her campaign and platform. Uh, I know she's about uh, police reform. Because um, I've actually canvassed with her for certain things. And it was always regarding, you know, votes in the city like uh when we had the ccpd fund uh we canvassed against it basically to try to get them to actually use it for what it's for and it kind of worked um i'm gonna try to get a hold of her you know get a more in-depth interview with her and maybe we could have her on the show or something okay um then we have a man named michael crane who isn't the the guitarist who you know works with mike pat and a few other people which was a relief um this guy's a Republican as uh, <laughs> for district. Of course, district three. By the way, district, him and Tanya are district three. West side over uh, by Benbrook, like surrounding Benbrook, and over exactly. Um, so Brian Bird isn't running for this chair again. He's trying to be the mayor. Well, this man was the director for Councilman Brian Bird. But the more I look at him, the more I'm like, first of all, why is he working for Brian Bird not the other way around? He's a little overqualified. Uh, he's a formal chief of staff at the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. Oh, wow. Under the George W. Bush administration. Oh, wow. And he's also served as an international trade consultant. Yeah. He's also worked under Kay Granger and other people. Like This guy's worked at uh, every course. level, but he's always been a behind-the-scenes guy. So I think, like, I think he's running. Yeah, go ahead. What? I think he's running because this is like his like retirement job, and he's just a little bird bored. Gotcha. So I think the term neo yeah. neoconservative would apply if he if he's worked for the Bush administration and that you know. Very much so. He's got a bachelor's and a master's degree in business administration and a law degree from what was Texas Wesleyan, which is now Texas A and M College of Law, I believe is what it's called. Um. He's a little overqualified. Like, like I, I know he could do the job, but he's not going to do it for the people. He's going to do the same Republican shtick mm-hmm. that everyone else did, except he's going to be slightly more effective because he knows what he's doing, which yeah. kind of scares me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was named Philanthropist of the Year because he did start this thing called Foodie Philanthropy, which basically is like a nonprofit that helps like other organizations fundraise like dinners and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know what kind of organizations they work with, but I can't imagine they'd be uh, too good, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, so the fact that he can do philanthropy should tell you how much money he probably has. Um, that's when you got enough money to where you can start donating it out and doing mm-hmm. stuff. You got plenty. So. Yeah, this this man, he's he's got paper. Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Is anybody running against him? Uh, just Tanya Carter, who, um, really, she's customer service. She's gonna be grassroots. If my girl Tanya gets it together, she could probably make a good run. Uh, with forward thing as conservative as, as it is, I gotta say, Michael's probably the front runner. And then there's another woman named Katie Johnson who I could not find anything on this person. Okay, like, <laughs> I believe it. When I, I googled it. her name, there was more more for a journalist named Katie Johnston, who worked at uh, who works at the CBS, this local affiliate hmm. in the area, and she happens to live in Fort Worth. But I couldn't find a LinkedIn on this on this woman. Couldn't find a Facebook on this woman. Couldn't find a website about wanting to run. Which this gets back to my my other complaint about mostly local elections is. Every, like there are people who literally like file on like a whim mm-hmm. and then do nothing else, and they'll get a few hundred votes. You know, at the very least, they'll get you know. Yeah, it's uh. They're not, they're not taking it seriously. Which again, like that that margin is enough to where you can swing an election with a few hundred votes. Uh, a lot of these elections are between three thousand and six thousand people that are voting in them, and out of a population of like what. Yeah, almost I, a million. I yeah, Fort Worth is at almost a million. I was I divided the districts to see what percentage, if if they're close to you know equal population. I don't know if they are or not, but it's like, what is it? I don't know. I think one hundred and seventeen thousand per district, and this is point mm-hmm. five or five point five percent of that. You know that that's just a dismal, just pathetic, like voting turnout. Yeah. So I mean, even if we get a few hundred or a thousand, a couple thousand people, that's going to swing an entire election in any of these districts. So. Let's do that. Let's get some of these some of these people that are working right. in there in there. You know, do, can you tell us any more about about who you were talking about? Who I forgot her name. I'm so I'm sorry. The second person you Tanya said. Tanya Carter. Yeah. Uh, Tanya Carter's pretty good. Uh, her background's in customer service. She she's lived in Fort Worth all her life. Um. Uh, she she's an activist. I've seen her. You okay. know. Okay uh canvas but when when we canvas i thought it was really interesting uh she's got a really good relationship with everyone in her neighborhood you know like she really has a heart beyond the people who live there uh versus michael crane who might be you know qualified for the for the position but he just moved to the area you know mm-hmm. like i don't think he's only been there a couple of years uh he doesn't know all the neighbors and stuff and more yeah, importantly yeah. Uh, you know, I don't see him really do anything to help the lower income, more run down parts of his of the district. I see him really focusing on, you know, economic development and small business opportunities. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You know, basically saying, you know, code for you ain't got money. I really don't care. Yeah, there's definitely sort of a classist thing that goes on in Fort Worth for sure. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Thomas. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll start us off talking about District Six. I was kind of using it, my example earlier. 
for the uh, voter distributions and how many people were. Jungus Jordan won in 2019 with 3,650 votes. Uh, and uh, that's about half, about 55% of the number of people who voted in that election. So again, get 55% get... of people voted for a vampire. Continue. <laughs> So yeah, get registered to vote before early elections in, you know, the early voting in April and before the election on May 1st. Uh, okay. So we've got two candidates, you know, we got Jungus Jordan, who I'll go over here in just a second. I really want to talk to you guys about Dr. Jared Williams. Uh, he's got a campaign website up. It's really nice looking. Uh, and he just, based on his credentials alone, but also his community act activism i think you could say uh his community involvement the, the things he's been doing in the community has uh, really speaks for itself um and so dr jared was raised in southwest fort worth uh his parents were both teachers uh here i, I imagine in fort worth isd his his yeah his dad at least i didn't remember if his mom was or not but i'm sure been here he was raised here he went off to college after he graduated and got a uh, bachelor's in science for with for plant science at Fort Valley State University in Georgia. And then after that, he came back home and he got a master's in environmental science uh, with a focus on urban stormwater infrastructure here at TCU. And then decided to get his PhD and got a PhD in environmental science and science education, uh, focusing on sustain uh, sustainable urban infrastructure and development at UNT. So he's really done the, you know, the gamut as far as getting educated on issues he's concerned about. Like you just look at, okay, well, that's what you were focusing on. Okay, cool. Yeah, those are issues here in this area. That's really awesome that you actually know a lot about those things. And that would be really cool if you were <laughs> on the city council to help get those things started or get people, you know, moving on, on these types of issues. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, but in addition to his, his like academic credentials, he also worked for the city of Dallas Water Conservation Division uh doing something with called the dallas environmental education initiative or the eei uh, he's worked at the botanic garden doing botanical research uh he's uh serves on the board of directors for the tarrant area food bank uh and also serves on the board of directors for the drc housing solutions which is a community-based housing solution organization uh he was a Alpha Phi, Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity is a member of that fraternity. He's also on the board of directors of a different fraternity, Beta Tau Lambda and their charitable foundation. Uh, he's on the board of directors for the Friends of I Am Terrell Foundation, which is a uh, building community partnerships and generating private donations that strengthen public funding. Uh, he has something, he's a part of Leadership ISD, which is something I'm familiar with as a teacher. That's like a leadership program for the students. Uh, and he's worked at TCC as an adjunct professor in biology. And he is the assistant chair of finance at his church. And so, <laughs> so like he's done a ton of stuff, uh, but it's like, okay, well, what, what is he about? It seems like he's pretty capable since he's doing all these other things. He's doing, you know, specific things in the community, helping, working with specific organizations that have specific goals. Um, he's essentially returned to his home district after he finished school and has been active and partnered with all of these things that I've just listed ever since his priorities that he states on his campaign website uh, say, this is why as a city, we must expand plans that ensure that every Fort Worth child receives an excellent education. Every Fort Worth neighbor can live affordably. So affordable housing. Every Fort Worth community has quality services to be safe, safe healthy, and well. Uh, every Fort Worth resident and visitor experiences a culturally rich and modern city and every Fort Worth worker and business have meaningful economic opportunities. Uh, and so I like his wording 
on, on these things. I like where his focus is here. He's being real specific. Uh, and so same, like for all these candidates, we're going to try and get either some type of interview with them, audio, or maybe just through email or something. We want to get these people on the record about what they're about, and what they're for. Uh, I'm excited about this dude. I don't know if you guys liked any of those things that you heard. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, while you were talking, I, I found his Instagram too. And oh, nice. he, he has a series of posts, um, uh, everyday people power our movement. And it's just like, it's just different people that are like proud supporter. And it's like, you know, it's just a member of the community and he, but he's like, this is what we're all about. Like That's awesome. This member of the community supports me. And I love that. He seems great. So this is again, we're talking about districts, district six, like the Southern sectors, uh, West of 35. Mm -hmm. So, okay. His, uh, his opponent is incumbent Jungus Jordan. Uh, Jungus Jordan has been the incumbent for this district since 2005. So he's been here for 16 years. Um, there's not a lot like recent stuff about him. I think he just left up the same website from last election is what it looks like, but it's got the information that you want to know about a candidate. So I'm going to read some of it to you. <laughs> um, he earned a bachelor's degree in economics from TCU and has a master's in business administration and management from Webster University. Uh, he served in the Air Force from 1970 to 1990, uh, retiring as a lieutenant colonel. You were right, uh, Thomas, when you said that an episode or two ago. Uh, his professional experience also includes work for Cook's Children's Healthcare System, and he's a financial advisor there part-time. Uh, as a development officer at TCU, and the Vice President of Marketing and Business Development at the Urpac Service Company. Jordan has served as the President and Chair of the Texas Municipal League on the board of the National League of Cities and the North Texas Commission as, and as Chair of the North Texas Central Regional, North Central Texas Regional Transportation Council, uh, Rail North Texas and the Tarrant Regional Transportation. He's done a lot of stuff in transportation. That's his area of, of, probably where he gets probably a lot of campaign financing from is probably from the transportation sector. If I had to guess, uh, Thomas, mm -hmm. I saw you put all that information up. I want to dig through that. Maybe the next episode or here in the future, we can talk about how these people are financed, where their money's coming from. Yep. Um, just personal information about Mr. Jordan, him and his wife, Glenda have been married for 46 years and have two adult children and two grandchildren. And his daughter works at the Tarrant County district attorney's office. And his son is a firefighter. So, do you have anything else that you would like to add about Mr. Jordan? <laughs> Anybody have anything they want to say about him? He's probably a vampire, but I mean, <laughs> that that's a public safety concern I have. That's fair. <laughs> fair. That's fair concern. Like, what about the children? <laughs> yeah, I don't know much specifics about him. Um, definitely watched him play solitaire on his laptop during a lot of our concerns over the summer. Um, yeah, that was disappointing. But, you know, aside from that. Wait, was he really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he I don't know what he was doing, but he was not paying attention. It's on his phone. Yeah. There yeah. were there were several council meetings where where we were like, are they all just they're all just playing solitaire? All right. He doesn't have any social media presence at all. So you'd probably just have to email his official city email account to get a hold of him if he checks yeah. that, you know. Well, he's got a Facebook, but it's private. Uh, I do know someone of course. who knows someone yeah. who is friends with Jungus on Facebook. Oh, you got it. It's you got a source. So <laughs> you got I'm an trying, in. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get get him to be like, hey, you should uh, 
figure something out and you know get give it a look sees for me and get back to me. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know how you don't have how long has he been sixteen on years. the city council? Sixteen years? How do you be on the city council for sixteen years and not engage with your community? Like and like I get it, you're old, but like social media is like how, like you you yeah. have someone else do it. Like I'm sure you've got staff. Like most of the people who vote for local on. elections are conservative and they're old. They're retirees. Mm-hmm. None of those people are on Facebook almost. Almost none of them are. Well, yeah, okay, but it just it just he... shows a distinct lack of interest in connecting with with yeah. like actual active yeah. communities. But I mean, well, it's, but it's, only 3% of the population, you know, is going to, yeah. is even voting. Exactly. Like, what incentive does he have to even listen to anybody? Yeah. If he keeps getting reelected, there's no need to change. It worked. It worked last yeah. time. Let's just play the Hopefully same. Hopefully we can give him some. Yeah, this year. Ex- exactly. Let's yeah. shake it up this yeah. year. Let's double. If we could go from 5% to 10% of the population in these districts doing something, that would be phenomenal. And it would totally <laughs> change everything no you know is based yeah. on everyone this is predictable essentially every year now because it's uh it's so few yeah. people who are involved mm-hmm. um, everyone's gonna be like wait the, the young people are voting what yeah, yeah. exactly let's do it um, goals for may make jungus jordan get social media and then <laughs> assemble our city council dream team let's do that it. i'm forming in my head right now we yeah. haven't even talked about all the districts let's see if like, we can do a, a live twitch panel or something where we, where they all kind of you know come in on the call and and we have we instead of a zoom meeting and we can just stream it or whatever i don't know just brainstorm and producing on air producing on air okay sorry um yeah. district eight uh now so now we're gonna change district Wait, i've got seven. Oh, okay my bad my bad you're good yeah they, they were that's right i forgot we did weird yeah. amount of people's in them um, seven is pretty quick though, um, because two of them don't have much information out, which is great. Well, none of them have a whole lot of information out. Um, starting with Lee Henderson, um, he does have leehenderson.org, um, but it is just a poster stating that he is running for District Seven. <laughs> All right. No actual <laughs> information about him. Um, thought it interesting that it's an org. Um, okay. and then there's a, there's a volunteer like sheet, like sign, sign up sheet. So you can volunteer for him if you already know what he's about. Hmm. Um, all that I could find on his, um, campaign Facebook was that he went to Arlington Heights, um, and he studied at UT Dallas. That's about it. All right. Um, aside from that, it's just been an, an announcement that he's running, and then this website. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, then we've got Sean Lassiter. Uh, you can check out her website at votelassiterfortworth.com. That's well, fw.com. Um, she didn't have a whole lot out, um, but I managed to piece together from her website and social medias. Um, she's a mother of three, a former teacher, coach, and a leader in education and racial justice. Um, she is a professional professional learning and innovation specialist with Fort Worth ISD. Um, she says that her leadership on the city council will inspire innovation, embody equity, and reimagine what is possible together. Um, And she's dedicated her work in education to establishing systems and opportunities that reflect equity and excellence within nonprofits and school districts. That sounds good. 
Yeah. Yeah. She, she looked very promising. I reached out to her, um, for, for more info. Um, but that's, that's all that I could find for right now. But I mean, with the minimum information that we have that like, she would have my vote if I were in district seven. Yeah. Um, there's one more person running. All right. That. Ugh. Oh, joy. Um, so Zeb Pint oh. is also running for District 7. Oh. I could find absolutely nothing about his um, his bid for city council. Um, I found a lot of articles mentioning his name. Um, and I even tried, like, adjusting my search to, like, cut out those articles. Um, like just in case the the search algorithm was was doing me wrong and I I could not find anything um for his city council bid. So, but all the articles yeah. just a little little tidbit about Zeb Pent. Uh so back in 2016, um the Fort Worth ISD updated their transgender rules um to to kind of fit with the federal standard. And he so Zeb Pent started an organization uh, called Stand for Fort Worth. Um, they're against allowing transgender youth to use the bathroom of their choice in Fort Worth. See, I knew he was a vampire. That's why you can't find anything about him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ken Paxton came out. Uh, our oh, attorney God. general, he came out to support him. Um, I've got a quote here. He Whoa. says, there's no such thing as gender expression. There's male and there is female. Um, so there's a whole lot on the internet. His house. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He's got his, uh, no, do not actually egg his house. (laughs) Like he's got his address on the city website now. Um, but yeah, don't, don't do that. Do not condone. Um, but yeah, all I could find was things that I am just very not into. Um, he's, there was that. And then there was, um, so there's an incident where Mike Steele, who was on uh, Fort Worth's Human Relations Commission, uh, posted things on social media that were, according to Emily Ferris, a uh, political science professor at TCU, um, she's the one who found them, and she describes them as bigoted, discriminatory. They targeted immigrants, calling for people to stockpile ammo and weapons against them. They targeted Muslims and LGBTQ members. And when this incident happened, uh, Zeb Pent defended uh, Mike Steele, saying that they were taken out of context and that they were simply edgy and, quote, who is the arbiter of who is right and who is wrong when it comes to social media content, end quote. Wow. And then he, uh, Mike Steele was removed from the board in light of these things, um, and Zeb Pent launched his own petition to remove another member of the board for her support of uh, Planned Parenthood and other liberal causes. Gosh. Or for her mention of those things on social media, really. This, this man so is old. Drunk all that I could find about this man. <laughs> Th- this man has a copium addiction. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. I've got links for all those sources that'll okay. be under the thing. But uh, that being all the info that we have on this man who wants to represent us is not promising. So this, District this man is a dumpster fire. Yeah. If you live out near Saginaw, if you live out near Lake Worth, like the whole West side, Jacksboro Highway stuff, like. Uh, yeah. And it's even it comes down like 
almost to like the West Seventh area, if not if it doesn't actually yeah. hit that. Yeah, it does. Just about that north of that, like north of probably Weatherford, based on where yeah, I'm like Hewlin and Camp Bowie, like like at least as far as that is is district seven all the way up to hazlitt like just south of hazlitt over there uh even north of a little bit of 287 uh, uh west of 35 like it's a big old district um yeah so if you live I tried out there to not hate on anybody too much uh this time around but like he's a garbage man and yeah. he cannot be on our city council please for the love of god yeah oh my gosh <laughs> yeah Okay, is that it for District 7? That is all for District 7. Okay. Uh, just Zeb Pent, Sean Lassiter, and Lee Henderson. All right. We'll probably do like a best of episode two here once as we get closer to the election, kind of have our endorsements mm-hmm. put in for each district. Maybe get some more info from all of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for District 8, uh, we have, what was it, three candidates so far? Um, uh, two of them you're familiar with. Uh, one is Kelly Allen Gray. She is running for re-election again. Uh, and we have Chris Nettles, who is also running against Kelly Allen Gray again. He also ran for mayor back in 2017. Uh, so he does have some name recognition for this district. District, uh, or t- district eight is essentially the other part of the east side, like east of 35, but smushed in between district five which is like over there at around 820 and stuff so just east of 35 up and down in fort worth um so i'm gonna so just to just for can just for let this the people who voted in this election is half the number of what i said for district six only 3,700 people voted in in this district in 2019 so kelly allen gray had 1,988 votes and Chris Nettles had 1,483 votes. So it was like literally less than 500 differential. So again, just to d- illustrate like how close these elections are and how few people vote in them, like it really, it would make a difference. If you don't think your vote, like vote makes a difference, like it absolutely makes a difference on these city elections. Um, so I'm going to tell you guys about uh, Chris Nettles. I'm just going to read you what he put out on his page. He's got a page. He's got a Facebook thing up too. He's also actively reaching out to the community, trying to get donations and trying to have people sign up for volunteers and stuff. His statement says, Dear citizens of District 8, my name is Chris Nettles, and I want to represent our community in the Fort Worth City Council. As a lifelong resident of District 8, I've seen how our neighborhoods and city have changed, both for the good and the bad. Now I want to bring fresh ideas and new leadership to City Hall to ensure that the change going forward is positive. I intend on fighting for real development in the district and citywide. This includes economic development, promoting small businesses, and providing citizens with more options and opportunities. It also includes preparing the future by imp- uh, preparing for the future by improving infrastructure and expanding public services. This, these will not be easy projects, and the only way we will get it done is through responsive and dedicated leadership. He's not wrong about that. Uh, dedicated leadership is not simply showing up to shake hands and take photos. Instead, it is the act of listening to those you represent and actually fighting for their interests, even when it may not benefit yourself. In the past, our representatives have failed to uphold their promises after being elected, and as a result, many issues have not been addressed sufficiently. I intend on fighting day in and day out for your interests, not mine. As a father and active member of the community, I believe that District 8 should be a place where you can rise I'm sorry, raise a family, seek economic opportunity, and spend quality time. I look forward to uh, earning your vote 
and representing your interests in the Fort Worth City Council, your friend and neighbor, Chris Nettles. His, his main priorities are infrastructure, public transportation, affordable housing, and uh, maintenance and repair issues. So, yeah, he was also out at the protests a lot uh, when we were out there in the summer. He definitely was out there several times on the megaphone, kind of leading some of the marches kind of towards after we were doing it for a few weeks, about two, three weeks in. Uh, I didn't recognize him because I didn't know what he looked like. I recognized his name, but Amber was actually the one that was like, that's Chris Nettles. I was like, oh, really? Oh, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, well, that's who you got to vote for then. Yeah, he, but so we've got him. We've, I, I, yeah, he's that. If I was in, if I was in this district, I absolutely would vote for him. And I'm, I'm maybe, you know, considering reaching, I would like to do some volunteering for some of these candidates. I don't think I'll have right. time to volunteer for all eight districts or something, but I'm, I'm interested in, in maybe volunteering for his campaign for sure. Um, yeah, we can for sure do some block walking and stuff, absolutely. even if we yeah. don't actually vote for them ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Kelly Allen Gray who's uh she's been the incumbent in this district for nine years she's been in here since, since 2012 so i guess 10 years this would be uh no nine i don't know that that number doesn't make sense to me um <laughs> wait 2012 that's, that's not says. a city council maybe, maybe it's year. 13 i don't know that's what the ballotpedia said was 2012 she's been in a the few times is off for, for fort worth okay it thinks we have like three-year terms for like uh everything and it's not okay weird all right. Well, she's been there. She's been reelected two, maybe three times, three, four times, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a graduate of Polytechnic High School and uh, Texas A&M Commerce. She and her late husband, Billy, have, bl- have a blended family of three sons and one son, Ryland, from their unit. This is from her website. So that's that's the only like personal information that I could that I found about her. So I figured I'd just copy and paste that in there. As far as like her credentials and everything did else. You say, did you say three sons and one son? Uh, one son from their union. Is how that's how they worded it. Oh, okay, I don't know it. why that's anybody's business. Like I wouldn't have probably put. I don't. I don't care who had your sons. Like, I mean, your sons. You know. I but, guess she wanted to note that she adopted. Okay. No, I, I figured or, it was from another ha- another marriage or something. Children. Yeah. From before. If it's a bl- if they're talking about blended family, it usually means that uh, they this is not their first marriage and they've got oh, okay. children from before. So different. Family. What she's saying is she's got like three stepsons. And then, like, one son that they had together. Okay. Yeah. All Which, right. She put that information out there, so that's why we're talking about it. I don't, you know. I don't... <laughs> yeah. um, but, okay, uh, Alan Gray earned a, a BA from Texas A&M University Commerce, and her experience includes work as the executive director of the United Riverside Rebuilding Corporation and service as the president of the Texas Association of Black City Council Members the chair of the Trinity Habitat for Humanity Advisory Committee and the trustee of Texas Wesleyan and a trustee of Texas Wesleyan University. So her issues on her her website, which we'll have below, um, it didn't really have a lot of detail on it. Like I fig- I was wanting to know more about her, but I guess, again, we're seeing with our incumbents, they don't really, I guess their voting record speaks for itself or whatever. But again, no one knows, a lot of people just don't even know what they are. Um, so she, her, her issues are swift COVID response. Uh, increased economic development opportunities. I'd like to see specifics. I agree, but like what? Um, mm. Increased and improved quality, affordable housing. So that's good. Housing's been a thing for a lot of a lot of the candidates I cover, which is I think is fantastic. That's something we desperately need. Um, improved city services, increased neighborhood participation, and enhanced and expanded park renovations. Um, so you can look her up if you want to know more and see if you can find more. <laughs> more on her 
Uh, A lot of this I kind of got from a Dallas Morning News thing from last time she ran. Um, Okay, the other person running in in this district, District 8, is Christopher Johnson. And he only has a Facebook page up and he had a press release that he had posted on the Facebook page. So that's where I got this stuff. Um, He is an entrepreneur. Uh, he found he's a founder and chief executive of the Neighborhood Life uh, Organization and a vice president of Poly Heights Neighborhood Association. And he's been an active in District 8 for more than 20 years. Uh, Neighborhood Life is a nonprofit dedicated to eliminating multidimensional, multigenerational pro- poverty through addressing key issues surrounding poverty. Uh, and I took that from their website, which, which will be below. And then Poly, uh, no, actually, that's from the press release. The Poly Heights I took from their website. Poly Heights is not a political organization and does not support or endorse candidates, but advocates for issues that improve and encourages civic participation. We believe it is a privilege and responsibility of everyone to make informed decisions regarding the wealth, health, and prosperity of our city. So those are the two organizations that he's involved with. Uh, the name of his campaign is CJ for Eight, uh, and it's made up of volunteers with a vested interest in seeing the leadership of Fort Worth evolve to accommodate a more equitable and inclusive city. So I look forward to hearing more from him, more specifics as we go. Doesn't have a website. Um, he just has that Facebook page, and I kind of like looked up his organization's websites. Um, so we got him, Chris Nettles, and Kelly Allen Gray. And I don't know, Chris Nettles so far is, is my favorite for this until I find out more about this other guy, I guess. Uh, y'all have anything y'all want to say about Kelly Allen, if you have anything in, you know, before we move on? I did. I did think it was interesting that she's basically running on the same stuff she ran on last time. Uh, if someone's running for re-election on the same campaign that they ran in on, uh, that's actually should be a warning sign because it means that either a you know it's they're in an Anzada situation and they're the only one trying to make that stuff happen, or two, they're making promises they're not planning on keeping. Mm-hmm. You know. If, if, if you're an effective public servant, you know, you should run on things that you know you can do within that term so that when you, if, if and when you run for re-election, you can run on other issues. Yeah, yep. she definitely could have uh, taken a lot stronger stances on um, on the certain social justice issues that were up for discussion uh, last mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. Um, and Zeta kind of carried that. Um, I think yeah. like I I like noted that she like asked a couple questions here and there, which like some of the others didn't mm-hmm. like Jungus Jordan and Carlos Flores. Yeah, um, like they didn't ask any questions, but and and she did. But then she still ended up. Um, I'm pretty sure she voted against um, reworking the meet and confer mm-hmm. agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and didn't didn't really engage with community at at all as far as i could see um so i wasn't super impressed by her yeah i feel the same way we and our first episode that we put out uh over the at the end of the beginning of the fall was from the work session from that time period when they were going over a lot of that stuff so if you want to go back and hear what the current city council said about those things and reacted to them you can go back and listen to that episode um okay cool so last district we got district nine and this is currently Ann Zeta's district, but because she's running for mayor, she is not running for re-election in her district simultaneously. So uh, that's I don't think that's legal. So we've got two <laughs> new candidates. 
in, in here and I could only find information on one of them. So oh. yeah, but uh, just again, cause I've been doing the numbers the whole time. I'm just gonna give you this one. Anne Zeta ran unopposed in 2019 and she won with 3,500 votes, 3,593. So again- That's actually a really good turnout too. Yeah, for only one person running, you know, but that's yeah. that's still that's still three yeah. percent, you know, potentially of the people. There are way district. more of us here. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, she defeated uh, her opponent John Fitzgerald, thirty-one fifty-nine to sixteen oh three. So potentially, we could have you know forty-eight hundred people. You know, that's, I guess there was a you know whatever. Anyways, you get my point. So it's an open race this year. Uh, and the person who has a campaign website and has information up about him is Fernando Peralta. And he moved here in 2014. So he's been a resident for seven going on eight years. And he lives in Rosemont and serves in the Texas Army National Guard. So District 9 is kind of this South Central district. Uh, I'll pull up the map so I get an accurate district. And it's like, what's where I live? Uh, it's kind of in the middle of all of the other districts it's surrounded it's bordered by 35 and then we kind of go west towards tcu and kind of like everything in between there uh even a little bit north of 30 is is all district nine so we're just yeah so it's like isn't it like downtown and fairmount like near south side like all the way down to 20 right yeah and it extends but just barely uh you know kind of close yeah no just yeah what is that? The map is all messed up. There's like a blank area. Edgecliff Village. That's what it is. They're their own. Yeah, there, there are some, also just some weird blank areas in the in the districts where like, I guess, I don't know if they don't get to vote for no, they're, city council, some, they're their own municipality. vibes like hardcore, dude. Like every yeah. district map I've seen is just absolutely jacked up. Yep. And so they're doing that again this year. They're going to be redistricting this year um, because of the census. This is one of the things I was going to talk about later when I do a quick hits of, of the, the state stuff. But because of the census being mm-hmm. delayed because of COVID, they're not going to have the census data till the end of summer, like August or July or August or something like that. So that's when the state house is going to have to reconvene to do that in a special session. And our city council will, ha- will be making decisions about redistricting after they get that information. So it'll be this. The people who are in elected in May are the people who are going to make that redistricting decision. So that's another thing, another reason why this is an important election year, because this sticks for 10 years. There's we don't we don't redo redo the districts in 10 years. Pull up the district map. We'll put a link into it on, on the description. It's pretty silly looking. So uh, we could do better uh, and have a, a better distribution, you know, distribution representation of, of actual communities. Um, a lot of these communities yeah. are cut up into multiple districts, which divides them with their electorate. Um, we can talk about gerrymandering another time. I'm not going to go into a lesson about that right now. But uh, okay, um, so Fernando, uh, he is the president of the Las Familias de Rosemont Neighborhood Association. Uh, he works with Fort Worth ISD-based decision committees for Rosemont Elementary, Rosemont Sixth, and Richard J. Wilson Elementary School. Uh, he is on the Hemphill Corridor Task Force. I don't know what that is, and I don't know if that's like an, a, a National Guard thing or if that's uh, Fort Worth PD is that thing. The, is that what they're, the, the rezoning thing? Is that the Hemphill Corridor? Uh, I don't know. Um, okay, weird. <laughs> but it doesn't, it just says that this is kind of a bullet point from his website. Uh, Fort Worth, he, it says Fort Worth PD police interview panel. So I guess he 
was at it. I don't know what he meant by that because mm. we watched that panel. And I mean, he wasn't running for police chief, so he didn't speak at it. He didn't present it. He wasn't like the MC or the interviewer. There was like 20 people that were there spaced out. Maybe he attended it. I don't know what he meant by that. Or if there, or if like he was somehow involved in a panel for decision-making with uh, David Cook, the city manager. I don't know. I don't know what, he, what all that means or what that's what he's talking okay. about. Um, well, I did look up the corridor and that that is confirmed. That's the the community members from uh, the rezoning okay. area. Okay, so the the, um, the no the, the Hill corridor text. Okay, the no Vende movement. Interesting. We I'd love to know where he yeah. stands on no Hempel uh, no Vende. Um, okay, he's also done stuff with Steer Fort Worth, uh, with Hispanic Women's Network of Texas and the Fort Worth chapter, and he claims he secured one point three million dollars in neighborhood improvement projects for Rosemont. Um, but I don't know in what capacity or how he was able to secure. $1.3 million for the community. I don't know if that was as the president of Las Familias de Rosemont. I don't, I don't know. Um, so I have a lot of questions about this guy, but he's got, he's also recruiting people for volunteers right now. And he's also taking donations on his website. He's got really good photography. He looks like a politician. I'm like, you know, feel like he's, he's, he's mm -hmm. taking it seriously, as you can say. Um, the other guy is named Eric Rich Richardson. Uh, Eric with a K. Richardson with no D. And that's all I can tell you about this guy. Uh, I could tell you where he lives because they have the PDF of the filing, but I'm not going to do that. So I don't know. We'll keep an eye on on Mr. Richardson and see if we if he posts a campaign website sometime, maybe after the filing date or something. We'll let you know. Um, but those are the two candidates that we have right now for District 9 uh, because there is still, depending on when you hear this, maybe 12 days to file. If you want to run yeah. for your district, you can run. Did Thomas? Do you know how much yeah, the, the, if, the filing is? If, or any? I mean, it's it's. it's like, I don't think it's much. I think it's like fifty bucks or something. I'll yeah. put that check. All you got to do is pay yeah, for that. If filing any of these thing. people don't sound good to you for yeah. any of these districts, then yeah. go for it. Then run. Just, just yeah. Just put, I mean, anything as you will see will be better than some of these candidates. Like just some sort of mm -hmm. communication or effort or platform. Uh, so, so do it. And if you want, if you don't feel comfortable doing it this year, get ready now, start working on it now and then do it in two years. Um, mm -hmm. because we need more people from our actual community going out there and running for offices. Uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, so that's, that's it for district nine. Uh, do you guys have any, any comments about these two gentlemen before, before we go <laughs> on? <laughs> Not a whole lot to comment on. Okay, yeah. I, I am looking forward to hearing more from them. Yes, same. Um, Slightly depressing. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a a bummer doing yeah. the research. That's what I ended so on. So we could like, potentially oh. use uh, another candidate in District 9. Yes. If anybody wants to run. Or two. Mm -hmm. um, if anybody runs in District 4, I will be mad. Don't run against Tara Wilson. There you go. Yeah, just support, um, support a good you. one. If you got a good one in yeah. your district, support them. Um, yeah. <laughs> real quick over the next two minutes, I just want to do some quick hits about the Texas legislature, uh, cause we're trying to keep an eye on that. Not much has happened. Uh, I got all this data from the Texas Tribune. The articles are going to be posted in the doobly-doo. Uh, not every Texas, not every legislative day during the legislative session is a work day. In fact, they kind of like work one day, take two days off, work two days, take a day off, do this sort of thing. And because of COVID restrictions, they're spending even less time actually in Austin at the Capitol. So even though it's been four weeks since they started their session, they've met like a handful of times. 
uh, and they haven't really done mm -hmm. anything. Uh, and so we can blame that on the pandemic. The first month is usually kind of slow, but this is slower than normal. And if you want a reason or a scapegoat, you can say pandemic. Um, and I already spoke to you guys about the census numbers being delayed. So our legislature is going to be done in April in May, halfway through May. And they're gonna have to be called back in for a special session in like August for the census data so they can do redistricting. So thankfully that's not on the agenda for this session, which kind of opens up time and space to talk about some other issues. Um, both houses have proposed preliminary budgets and they're the same number, which is interesting. Uh, t last two years ago, there was a $7 billion differential with the, re with the Republicans wanting it to be smaller and the, the Democrats wanting it to be bigger. They both threw out the number 119.7 billion. Uh, and there's just like small, you know, discrepancies in the details of that, that will probably not take that much negotiating or time to like work out. Uh, the budget's usually kind of a big thing and eats up a lot of the the airspace during this the session, mm -hmm. but it looks like this one's pretty sweet. Um, and a lot of that kind of has, not sweet, obviously they're gonna have to, this is a preliminary budget, but it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's gonna take as much time. Uh, economically, as far as the state is concerned, at least at this current point, we're not suffering as bad as a lot of other states are. And so there's not a lot of uh, money that we're like in need of. And we'd also have the rainy day fund which is like a $10 billion money just set aside in case we need it for an emergency, which I think you could say COVID is an emergency. Um, so there's, I think there's justification to dip your hand into that cookie jar. But uh, both of these budgets don't do that. They somehow were able to fund all the stuff they wanted to fund. Um, and a little bit of this has to do with the governor ordered a 5% reduction in budgets statewide. And so that's kind of been a little pressure release on that as well. So that's something that's already... Uh, going in um both also plan to fund 70 billion dollars to convert the star test to an online test uh which i get i, don't, I hope that makes people hate i don't know it's we need 70 billion dollars yeah 70 billion dollars and we get rid of the star test get rid of it's ruining education as an educator it is ruining mm -hmm. education um hang on get rid of standardized testing because if you say yeah. that they're just going to make another test that's the exact same yeah. thing under a different name. Toss, tax, star, teaks, uh, all these. Kill it all. Yeah, just get rid of them. Yeah, don't, don't standardize. I'm, I am learning about ungrading, and it's making me super happy and want to want to write some stuff about education because it's, there's a movement going on that I'm not going to talk about right here because we're not a podcast about education policy. But maybe I'll do an episode right. about it or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, we could be. <laughs> uh, so uh, Rainy Day Fund said that Texas economy is doing better than most, but still bad. I mean, we still have high unemployment. We still have people that should be evicted but aren't because there's a moratorium on that. Um, we got problems we're going to have to deal with over the next year or two. So the people who are in office are going to have to make a lot of tough decisions. Um, but for the statewide, they're going to be making those decisions over the next few months. For the next two years because we only meet every two years uh no yeah so all that stuff and then finally uh just a, uh, a note about the governor he is still beating the drum that he started beating over the summer about threatening to, to defund cities if they defund their police um so it's still mm -hmm. targeting austin but any liberal cities he wants he's pushing so he can't do this because he's not the legislature but he's pushing the republicans in the house and the senate to write legislation uh, to punish cities who cut police budgets by withholding tax revenue, state tax revenue. See, I thought he liked small government. Yeah, right? If you believe in small government, if you're a libertarian who believes there should be less government involvement and interaction in our lives, 
um, then you shouldn't be for this because this is an authoritarian measure from the governor telling municipalities and counties like what they can and can't do. Uh, and that's the opposite of small mm -hmm. government. That is an overreaching government. Um, so that's unfortunate. And there's also been talk of specifically he's threatened to essentially absorb Austin PD into the state police and have the Austin police be state police. Don't think that's actually allowed. So it seems a bit controlling. Yeah. Um, as someone who studied the USSR, I, you know, I don't like to throw out, you know, uh, hyperbolic comparisons, but, uh, you know, we're getting, it's one step closer to that. Um, mm -hmm. whatever, would it take that as you will? Um, so I don't know. He, he threw out the quote, Texas is a law and order state, and we're going to ensure that we keep it that way, which implies that other states don't have law and order and that it's a, it's just like a, I don't know, a free for all in the rest of the country. But here in Texas, you know, we actually have law and order, which, uh, isn't true. So no, <laughs> so I don't like his, I reject the premise. Uh, don't like his framing there. So that's what we've got for this week. Do you guys have anything else that you'd like to share with us before we, before we sign off and say bye to the community? I'm good. Yeah, I, I got out all my thoughts about Zeb Pint and uh, Bob Willoughby. Willoughby, um, Willoughby, Willoughby. There you go. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.